Hi, I'm David Ross, and welcome to The Sun's new podcast, Israel's War on Terror Explained. This is a new program which aims to give you the latest on what's happening in the crisis, and importantly, the context around it. On October the 7th, the world was shocked as news broke of Hamas's multi-pronged terror attack in Israel. As more horrifying information about the atrocities became clear, and the death toll continued to grow, it's been described as Israel's 9-11. What happens next could have huge consequences. So as the situation moves into a new stage, with Israel launching Operation Iron Sword to strike Hamas in Gaza, we'll be speaking to people directly involved in a bid to give you the fullest picture possible. We'll also be analyzing the impact of events in the wider region and across the world, and talking to experts to get their take on how things may play out in the next days, weeks, and months. Earlier, I spoke to the Israel Defense Forces spokesperson, Lieutenant Colonel Peter Lerner, to get the latest from a military perspective. Peter, just give us the bare facts of what's happening right now, if you will. Uh, the IDF is currently conducting widespread strikes against Hamas terrorist organization, their infrastructure, their operational capability, their terrorist activities, and also their staging grounds, their weapons, um, uh, uh, facilities, we are striking Hamas so they can never ever uh, attack us again like they did on Saturday. And what have you managed to take out so far? So um, you know, we've done uh, extensive strikes against individuals, so the leadership of Hamas, they are being pursued. Uh, we are hunting down those that were involved in the, the attack themselves. Um, uh, we're utilizing all of our intelligence capabilities uh, in order to seek out and destroy those capabilities, including tunnel capabilities, intelligence capabilities, their uh, uh, activities that are combined in order to uh, conduct strikes or prevent Israeli counter strikes that are, are taking place. And we're, of course, also operating in order to defend the state of Israel and restore security to Israel. So our Iron, De Iron Dome defense mechanisms are operational and we're uh, intercepting the vast majority of rockets that are, are coming out of Gaza. Um, and each one of those rockets is a uh, uh, is a potential target of civilian uh, uh, of the civilian arena. And we're also replenishing and refilling the uh, the border area itself. So we're fixing the, the barrier, uh, making sure that there are enough troops on the ground, utilizing the air force, restoring all of the technological capabilities that we had prior to the attack. Um, we're, we've completed a recruiting of some 300,000 uh, reservists. Um, their role is, I would say, on all of Israel's fronts at the moment. So obviously being prepared for a ground operation if the government decides and instructs us, instructs us to do so, uh, but also be prepared on the front with Lebanon, uh, we had an anti-tank guided missile fired at forces at the border yesterday that were responded to. And we need to be prepared also on the Golan Heights uh, for the border with Syria that we had. We've had uh, mortar rounds fired there. And of course, within the West Bank, the level of terrorism that is still uh, exists there and, and we need to be prepared. So lots of forces on the ground, uh, lo lots of operational activity against Hamas and making sure that we are taking the fight to Hamas. Uh, effectively, Hamas broke the rules of the game. Now we're changing the game. 
In terms of the infiltration on Saturday, how confident are you that there aren't terrorists still at large that you've been unable to root out? It's still a possibility. Yesterday, we killed five terrorists that were still in Israeli territory. And that was day five of uh, the activity since the operation. So there's still a, po a possibility that they're holed out in bushes or in a cupboard. Um, so we are taking extreme uh, caution in access to the area. It's considered still a con conflict zone around the area. We've evacuated the vast majority of the population there. There are still people that wanted to stay behind. Uh, you know, people that have to care for the uh, cows and in in. in uh, and milking the cows and you know, there are farm areas that need to be uh, things that cannot be postponed and so there are still people that stayed behind but the vast majority of the population has been evacuated and the lot and there are a lot of forces and we are conducting uh, activities on the ground we are still finding bodies of, of uh, civilians on the ground there are still a lot of people unaccounted for so the activity continues we can't be certain that the that there are no terrorists still in southern Israel um, uh, yeah, the operation continues. For a long time, the IDF and Israeli politicians have been saying that Hamas's barbarism is similar to that of ISIS. The last few days uh, would obviously back that up. But how shocked have soldiers been going into kibbutzes, etc., and finding the horrors before them? How has that impacted them? Well, no human being can remain passive to the you know, heart wrenching images of people, women, children, murdered, executioned, brutalized, dismembered, decapitated. All of these things are the really, really terrible images that have, you know, even those that are circulating on social media. And of course, the forces that are, are finding these uh, and the medical, medical forces and the IDF that are going through it, it affects us all. But it gets just, I think, and I believe that it gives us the resolve that we need to change that game that we talked about, to recalibrate uh, the relationship between Israel and the Gaza Strip. The people of Gaza are not the enemy of Israel. Hamas is the enemy of Israel. And Hamas is actually the enemy of everybody because they abducted people into Gaza, tens of people into Gaza from all nationalities, from every continent on the world. They don't care. They just want to murder. As the operation in Gaza continues, you know that Hamas will use civilians as human shields. What are you doing to minimize civilian casualties? So this just goes to exemplify how Hamas have failed the people of Gaza. They have failed their own people. But Israel is determined to make sure that Hamas can never do this again. And we're doing it in a way which is intelligence-based but in also in a very, very decisive way. Unfortunately, since the dawn of war, civilians have been caught up in conflict. Uh, we'll do our maximum, but I think the real question is, what are the people of Gaza asking from Hamas now after this happened? Because what we need to understand is Hamas made a strategic uh, plan to open a war with Israel. And the expectation that Israel will not respond or not defend its civilians because Hamas is hiding, hiding behind their civilians. That's a, just an immoral expectation from any country in the world. Um, you know, 1,200 people butchered and murdered and counting 
the magnitude of this devastation is really, really unbelievable. So we have no choice but to operate. We'll do it in a way that uh, as possible as to minimize civi civilian casualties. But unfortunately, it is an inevitability of conflict and war in in this area. Um, we have to, we are being held account, account to account by the people of Israel that are expected to be defended on Saturday. Um, and Hamas needs to be held account by their people. We need to ask them, what did you think you would gain for us when you abducted people and butchered people in their beds? It is, though, to a degree, a tactical advantage for Hamas to have hostages. As you move towards a ground operation and you're going house to house, street by street, how possible is it for you to retrieve those hostages and, and, and bring them bring them home without sustaining uh, further casualties yourself? So I need to be clear, Hamas are responsible for the well-being of those people innocent people that they abducted. It's their responsibility to return them, and I'd say return immediately to Israel in in good state. Um, they will bear the consequences of their actions. Uh, of course, there are concerns and considerations for the well-being and our operations, and we need to do everything possible. And in terms of a ground assault, how would this work? What is the longevity of such an operation? The aim is to wipe Hamas out? The aim is to destroy Hamas's capabilities, and we're doing that by degrading and destroying and attacking all of their infrastructure. Um, you know, it was a strategic decision by Hamas's leadership to do this strategic attack against Israel. So the whole system is being struck, is being attacked and being destroyed. I would say that the end game needs to be a new reality in Gaza uh, without Hamas, preferably. Um, uh, but in no way or form can we allow Hamas to have a terrorist army um, to infiltrate Israel and, uh, and kill and butcher people. Um, so the end game needs to be a new reality for all of the people living in the south of Israel and in Israel throughout. And as the IDF takes on threats on several fronts, what are you advising Israeli citizens in terms of going about their daily lives? So there are uh, limited uh, areas throughout the country that, uh, of congregation, of the amount of people that can congregate. And of course, we need people to be very aware of what's going on. Our home front command, the, Israel, the IDF's home front command, is, uh, uh, has its own apps that keep people informed of when there are incoming uh, missiles, rockets, or other threats uh, um, in, in the area. So we, we want people to be very aware of the situation. Obviously, the whole country is in a state of uh, of shock after this attack. So everybody's glued to their televisions and to their uh, social media feeds, and they're, they're getting informed by uh, the country, by the IDF. People need to be aware, they need to be vigilant, they need to be cautious, and, and, and that's what we expect, and those are our instructions. I think what has been proven throughout all of the, the this conflict, that they're adhering to the, the IDF's Home Front Command's instructions save lives. People are aware of that, and that's why we we expect the people to do so. Uh, the, the situation today is people are are definitely disturbed by what we've seen, um, and uh, we are a nation that is bleeding, um, and and as such, we need to make sure that we can heal those wounds with reason, and uh, uh, and that's what we're currently 
trying to do when striking against Hamas. Just remind us how the Iron Dome missile defence system works and how successful it is, and also what it would mean if Israel didn't have it. Um, that's a very good question. The Iron Dome missile defence system has um, radars that pick up the launches of rockets, and then once a, a launch is identified, the Iron Dome missile defence system only intercepts rockets that are... Uh, intended to land in populated urban areas um, and by doing so it saves lives uh, the op the op it, there are operators uh, that utilize it but there's also a, a certain level of automation but it is a very effective um, in safeguarding the people of Israel it's a, a very serious piece of our defensive mechanism how encouraged are you by the response from the rest of the world to these atrocities? It feels like there has maybe been a sea change in how certain individuals, certain organizations, certain countries uh, view the situation. Well, I think any decent human being cannot identify with what Hamas did. If you are identifying with the butchering of women, children, and men or abducting of elderly people, then you're on the wrong side of history. So we're very, very grateful and encouraged by the widespread support of governments, uh, of people, of organizations, of communities. And those that are not being supportive or are be trying to be balanced are trivializing terrorism and empowering the radicals that wanted to kill us. So I would say you need to be very, very clear that murdering and butchering people and children and abducting the elderly is unacceptable for any decent nation and everybody needs to be on the right side of history today. Lieutenant Colonel Peter Lerner of the IDF there. As the tension in the region escalates, US Secretary of State Antony Blinken today reassured Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu of US support. Blinken spoke during a trip to the Middle East amid fears other countries could be drawn into the war. The value that we place on human life and human dignity, that's what makes us who we are. And we count them among our greatest strength. That's why it's so important to take every possible precaution to avoid harming civilians. And that's why we mourn the loss of every innocent life. Civilians of every faith, every nationality, who've been killed. Tragically, the number of innocent lives claimed by Hamas's heinous attacks continues to rise. Among those, we now know that at least 25 American citizens were killed. We joined families in Israel, in the United States, around the world, in mourning their immeasurable loss. The people of Israel have long and rightly prided themselves on their self-reliance, on their ability to defend themselves even when the odds are stacked against them. The message that I bring to Israel is this. You may be strong enough on your own to defend yourself, but as long as America exists, you will never ever have to. We will always be there by your side. It's the message that I bring with me to our discussions today, and it's what I'll affirm when I meet with the members of Israel's newly formed national emergency government. We welcome the government's creation. 
and the unity and resolve that it reflects across Israel's society. As Israel's defense needs evolve, we will work with Congress to make sure that they're met. And I can tell you, there is overwhelming, overwhelming bipartisan support in our Congress for Israel's security. We've deployed the world's largest aircraft carrier to the Eastern Mediterranean. We bolstered the presence of U.S. fighter aircraft in the region. We're providing other support as well. We continue working closely with Israel to secure the release of the men, women, children, elderly people taken hostage by Hamas. We know Hamas doesn't represent the Palestinian people or their legitimate aspirations to live with equal measures of security, freedom, justice, opportunity, and dignity. We know Hamas, instead of promoting the well-being of its citizens, rules repressively and dedicates the resources it has to terror tunnels and rockets. We know Hamas didn't commit its heinous acts with the interests of Palestinian people in mind. We know Hamas does not stand for the future that Palestinians want for themselves and for their children. Hamas has only one agenda, to destroy Israel and to murder Jews. The events in Israel and Gaza are not just impacting people there. Hamas, as referenced in the earlier interview, have taken multiple people captive and are believed to be holding them in Gaza. Earlier, British relatives of Israeli hostages held a press conference in London to plea for their safe return. I shouldn't sit here today. I should have been on my way to Heathrow to pick up my mum, who's coming to celebrate her 75th birthday today with her family here in London. I'm here because of pure evil. I'm here because I need to ask for help to release babies, kids, mothers, and old people from their captivity. My name is Noam Sagi. I'm a British citizen, and I am one of your own. On Saturday morning, kibbutz near Oz, where I was born, grew up, woke up to a massacre, to a second holocaust. They've been gassed, burned, butchered, slaughtered, killed, and kidnapped. Mostly young kids and old elderly people. They burned the place to the ground, shot the dogs, nothing left. There is no politics here, no content, no religion, no race. Simple humanity. People who survived the Holocaust found themselves facing another one. One of the hostages was on the Kinder Transport. Absolutely heartbreaking. That brings an end to today's edition of Israel's War on Terror Explained. Please let us know in the comments if there are subjects you would like us to cover or if you have any questions, and we'll do our best to examine them in later episodes. Thanks for listening.